Amen. Father, we're here to worship you because of the greatness of what you have done for us in the person of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we're here to worship you, not just every Sunday, but every day of our life. Every, every hour, every minute, every second. It's all about you. There's a lost world out there, Lord, and they need you. They don't want you, most of them, but they need you. I pray that you open their hearts and minds today, whether they be in, in what, part of the con- what part of the world they're in, whenever, no matter what continent they're on. Lord, let them look up to you. Lord, today, let the messages that are being preached around the world go forth with power and authority so that your kingdom, kingdom can be represented well through your saints. And to you be the glory for it all, in, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated, church. Um, for those online, this is Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're there. We're, we're in uh, Lantana, Florida, which is just south of West Palm Beach, if you're familiar with it. If you're local, we're at 2810 High Paluxo Road, quarter mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road. So if you're local, come on by sometime. We're a, we're a full gospel, Bible-believing church. We believe every word. We don't skip chapters. We don't skip verses. You know, we believe exactly what the Word says because the Word of God is inerrant. It's perfect. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So if you're looking for a Bible-preaching church that is a smaller size, this is it. Come on by and worship with us. Listen. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Or don't despise the day of small, small amount of people even. Because Jesus turned the world upside down with 12. And that's if you can't Paul. So, you know, don't despise it. Listen, our beliefs, you can read them since you're online. This is freedomchurchpb.org. You can find out our list of beliefs. You can find out our address. You can see, um, you can... See our list of ministries. You can watch past services, and you can even donate online should the Lord lead you. Just go to the Give Life button, and that's all you have to do, and it'll lead you from there. So we're glad you're, you're here, um, here today. So listen, men, if you're local, we have a Bible study at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning. We have a good group of guys, you know, that just love the Lord and are anxious to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. So come on by if you're local. Um, quarter mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road. Okay? Um, you know, we sang it today. You know, you, you think about it. I'm sitting back there, and I've heard this song a hundred times. He turns dry bones into armies. You can find that in Ezekiel chapter 37. He turns seas into highways. You can read that in Psalm 8. You know, and you could... He could... Uh, turned graves into gardens, and when you think about it, he took Joseph of Arimathea's grave, honed out in the stone and the rock, and by Sunday when he rose up, it was filled with fragrant aroma of all the spices that were put on his body. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't doubt if it just smelled the, the or even grew the roses and the, and the, and the, um, the flowers around that grave. And he gave it, so when, <laughs> when Joseph got it, 
and it was full of the glory of God. And here's where we are today. Because of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, we are saints of the Most High God. What's so hard about that? A lot of people, you know, they don't want to give it up. But what's so hard about, you know, just surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ? In a way, that's our Bible study today, but I'm going to call Bill up here in a minute. I'm going to fill him in. We're going to pray for him. But our message today, you know, is uh, wrestling with God. And we're going to see that in chapter 32 of Genesis today. And I doubt if I'll finish this lesson today because it's 20 pages long on my notes. So we're going to continue next week probably. But I want to bring Bill up. You know, Bill's our brother here, and I've known him for, oh, no, 15 years, 20 years, yes. you know. Um, Bill was in the hospital for a whole week. It came up on him suddenly, high blood pressure, almost, uh, almost uh, was off the charts. So he ended up in the hospital, and, um, you know, uh, it was a shock to everybody because, you know, they w wanted to do open-heart surgery on him right away and blah, blah, blah. And he had an aneurysm, and, um, and uh, he still has it, <laughs> yes, but it's not, not anywhere near what we, they first suspected. So, um, you, know, you know, I called him. I've been trying to get a hold of him. finally got a hold of him. He called me from the hospital. So I wanted to uh, bring him up here and pray for him. Um, so through a series of events, his heart valve isn't working right. They want to split him open, do all this, do all that. We prayed about it. And, um, you know, here, he's out of the hospital today. They wanted to do open-heart surgery on Monday. So... Um, you know, um, let's see. They, they on Friday they did a they went up through his groin into his into his uh, vessels, right, Jim Bill? Yeah, to the, to the aortic valve. Yeah, let me get your microphone. I just let me see. Go ahead. I just he can better explain it to me. To make but a we're gonna very very long story short. Yes. <laughs> Jesus and I had a week of nothing but blessings upon blessings and the miracles that happened in the hospital were beyond my craziest thoughts um, I've had an aortic valve issue for over 10 plus years it's been monitored it's been moderate and I had a I had a echocardiogram on November and they said it's still fine we're gonna still moderate you know main, you know what follow the craziest thing is that about a couple of weeks ago, I started having, couldn't sleep well, had to get up, all these, you know, these things started happening. Now, these are signs that God has been trying to knock on my door, but the noise of the world has been too loud. Okay, and this is what happens. My greatest thing is to seek peace of mind, but it's hard for us to receive the peace of mind that God promises in his word if our mind is in pieces. And this is purposely done. And this is where I was. And I am so blessed that I went through that. Because I'm here today to tell you that he's here. He's real. He is. People go to Israel to see Jesus or to have that God moment. But God is real in Israel, and he is real right here, too. And he is real right in here, too. So many of us can do with many other you wanted me to say about this, but I'm sorry. I just got to finish this one last thought. I apologize. No, I don't. <laughs> That's Bill. No, no I Bill. don't. The thing is this. He created us. 
to spend all day with us, for those that choose to believe, because we know a relationship is a choice, not religion. So if he created us to spend all day with us, my question to myself, and I also ask yourselves, how much of that day are you willing to spend with him? This is why we have the challenges, the difficulties, the illnesses, the mental comes down to the physical. We need to have peace of mind. And that only will come through the blood of Jesus Christ that is within us as we receive communion monthly or weekly or daily. The thing is, he is with us. He is in us. So now, come Monday, they discharge me. This and that, this, they were closed. They said, okay, the nurse, head nurse, I would get up every morning and I would walk the corridors. And I would look in rooms, some were empty, that someone was there the day before. Now, did they make it home or did they make it home? The thing is this, as I was walking, trying to get my thousand steps in before 7 a.m., I would, God said, the second day I started doing this, he said, stop and pray. Stop and pray. Anybody that was a room, there was a person in, stop and pray. And everybody says, are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. So the thing is this. Monday, Tuesday, whatever, I still have to have the surgery, supposedly, at this point. After this worship today, Liz, thank you very much. That was personal for me. <laughs> and the aortic valve, is which does this, okay, for those that aren't as familiar as me, but now it's doing this. Okay. It's like the Euphrates River is drying up. There's not enough flow. But the thing is, once they replace this valve, they don't have to do the open heart surgery. But that also made me off the table. Long story short, again, God took care of it. It's all done. It is finished, as Jesus spoke. Amen. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just wanted to pray for him. Just that, um, He had an aneurysm, too. He didn't mention it. Oh, yeah. Aneurysm on his aorta valve or aorta artery somewhere down in here, and they said they would have to go in and repair that, but after further testing and prayer, you know, it ended up that it wasn't as significant as they thought, and it's the pressure on it is is okay, not normal, but okay. But if once it reaches a certain point, it can actually burst. So that thing, that was, a, that was his worst, what, what he was really worried about, and really that was taken care of. His mother had the the same surgery they're saying on him going in through his through his groin or in his shoulder, shoulder to the heart for the valve. You know, his mother at 85 had it done. So, you know, Bill's nowhere near 85. So, you know, he's going to go through with flying colors, not just because of, of, the, of the prayer, but of your knowledge in, in the Lord Jesus. Okay? So let's pray. One last thought. As Pastor Joe just mentioned about mom, as you just mentioned about mom, the thing is this. We um, have been talking about every nurse that came in, every doctor, everybody that would come in, we would um, talk about, oh, I know all about this. My mom went through it, as Pastor Joe said. And the doctor Thursday came in to do the evaluation with my wife and I, and he says, we're not going to do the open heart yet because the tests all show good, and what we're going to do is we're going to work on the aorta valve and going through the groin, as Pastor Joe also mentioned. 
The best part about it is Thursday night was the only night that I slept for more than two hours. And then Friday morning, and I woke up Thursday night several times. Friday morning, my cousin calls me, and she goes, Bill, isn't today your mom's birthday? And she was with me in that room that night, and she's been with me every minute. So Hilga, Joe's with you every minute. He's with you right now. He's here, and he's there. Wherever you go, he's waiting for you. When we say I am, we're saying God is. Amen. And he is there. Amen. Come on, Brian. Lewis, come on up. We're going to have more prayer here. If anybody wants to come up, come on up. Do. <laughs> have the whole church come up. Praise <laughs> Yeah. There's strength in numbers. You know, that one, to cl- one can put the flight a thousand to ten thousand. Imagine mm. twelve times ten thousand or whatever it is, a hundred thousand. Mm. Amazing. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we anoint our brother Bill, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We anoint his, his aorta. Lord, we anoint his himself. Lord, we anoint his aorta heart, his, his, his aneurysm, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We put it in your hands. Father to God, I think. You know, we're going to touch on it today if I get there, Lord, that that, that word sozo that's in Greek is also, also means healing, deliverance, uh, making whole, Lord God. And we believe that. We believe that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. That's what your word is true, Lord God. So we put Bill in your hands, Lord. We anoint him with oil like the word, the word of God says. If any of you are sick, let him call for the elders of the church and pray over him. And if he's committed any sin, it will be forgiven him, and the Lord will raise him up, Lord, and heal him. So, Lord, we believe these things. So we put Bill in your hands, and we thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to express our faith through the laying on of hands and oil. So, Lord, to you be the glory for it all. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We thank you for it. We ask for a restorative miracle. We ask for that new heart valve. Not a repaired one, but a new one. And that aneurysm, that's going to deflate like a balloon. It's not there anymore. It's just gone. In the name of Jesus, I command that. And I feel it is done now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else want to pray? Grab the mic. (laughs) Yes, Jesus, we just thank you so much for our brother's life. I thank you, Lord, that you are with him wherever he goes, Lord. I just pray for the peace of our Lord Jesus all over him, God, that when he rises up, when he goes to sleep, when he does the daily things, God, I just pray, Father, that your peace just surrounds him in such a tangible way, God, that he can feel he knows that he can rest in you, Lord. I pray for the peace of Mary, the Mary, Mary who chose the better thing that would not be taken away from her, just resting at Jesus' feet. I pray that all I pray that over Bill's life, and I pray, God, that he would learn to rest in you more and more each day, God. There's so much rest in you, Jesus. So we just pray that over him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this life. 
Lord, thank you for Bill, for, for who he is and for what he does as a, as a, as a member of, of your body. Lord, um, for two things specifically, I just want to be so thankful for, Lord. Firstly, I'm so thankful that Bill here has not neglected to remember the gifts that were given to him when he first came to Christ, when he chose Christ, and by the laying on of the hands of the elders, Lord. In these things, we have, we have natural gifts of the earth, or like your trades and those kind of savvies, but, but these spiritual gifts are given to us by our spiritual parents. They're given to us by the Holy Spirit. Lord, and I pray that you, you fill him with all of these gifts, with, with Lord, with your tender mercies, Lord, with understanding of your ways, knowledge of your ways and your love for us, Lord, uh, patience. Um, perseverance, Lord, all these things that you've given to us, I'm so thankful that you've given them to Bill and that they are being exercised in him. And Lord, secondly, I'm just so glad and thankful that in his day of tribulation, he has been found to glory at the name of Jesus. And Lord, that's, that's the only thing that we can do. Not only that, it's the most awesome thing we can do, just to shout in the midst of our infirmities, our illnesses, our weaknesses, how great is the name of Jesus. I am not afraid. Lord, I thank you for Bill. Lord, please keep him. Please comfort him. And though rest is difficult, there will be rest, Lord. And we do have rest because of you. So thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. One final thought that just came to me. Most of you know that I am of Greek descent, and I thought my roots were very deep, and my knowledge was very well, but God gave me a, an awakening that I could never imagine. And he brought me out of the grave into the gardens as a song spoke this morning. But I'm also here to say that the greatest love of all is agape love. Agape love is the ultimate love. And the true definition or defining the words in my heart to you all today and to all of us is agape love means no matter what we do, he can never love us less. In Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's lifted us all up. This is a great one of the greatest gifts and blessings that People can look at this as whatever they want to call it, but I call it a miracle. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well. Sure. Your son-in-law. Okay. We're going to pray for another after the service. Um, I'm sure God has something in the message for that. So, Let's turn to Genesis chapter 32. I named this message, Wrestling with God. Wrestling with God. And 
You'll remember the passage if you've been a Christian for a while. I'm going to read verse 22 onward to 32, 10 verses. Okay? This is about our patriarch Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord. But we may not get to that part today. But he's going to, he's going to be wrestling at a, at a tributary of the Jordan called Jabuk. Okay? And th that word, Jabuk, means gurgling or emptying. Jacob's going to be emptied out after wrestling with this angel of the Lord. And I'll show you who he is as we move on. But he's going to wrestle with the angel of the Lord there. And he's going to be wrestling before he ever gets to the real wrestle. So let's read that passage. Genesis 20, 32, verse 22 and onward. And then he, and I'm going to specify this, that's Jacob, rose up in the night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford of Jabuk. Jabuk. He and he, that's Jacob, took them and sent them over the brook and sent over everything that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there he wrestled with a man until breaking of the day. This is an appearance, and I'll show it to you and prove it to you as we move on. This is an appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ. The Lord himself, before he was brought, made, you know, made man on earth. Okay? Verse 25 and when he, the man, this is referring to the man, the angel, not the angel, the angel of the Lord, really, saw that he prevailed not against him, he, the man, touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he, the man, wrestled with him. And he, the man, said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he, this is Jacob, saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he, the man, said unto him, What is thy name? And he said to Jacob, And he, the man, said, Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. And if any of you know that, Jacob means supplanter, it means liar, deceiver, but Israel means governed by God. God changed him around right there. Jacob was a believing man in God, but after this wrestling with God himself and the pre-incarnate Christ, he was renamed Israel because after this, he is from this moment on an Old Testament being born again to a new man. And God even renamed him Israel, which means from now on, Jacob, you are governed by me. Now, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with who? God. And with men, and have prevailed. And Jacob said to him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he, the man, said, Wherefore is it that you dost ask my name? And he, the man, blessed him there. That tells you something right, right there. The lesser is always blessed by the greater. Okay? And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, 
and my life is preserved. Verse 31, And he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he, Jacob, halted upon his thigh. In other words, he limped on his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel did not do not eat the sinew, which shank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh. That's the muscle which is on the hip joint until this day. They don't even eat it because the man touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of his uh, that shank. So we see a wrestling going on here. You know, um, wrestling with God. Jacob's wrestling with God. He wasn't a sold-out man. He wasn't... And he wasn't even really a good man if you look in the scriptures. You know, he had a lot of problems. He deceived his brother Esau. That's where he was going. He deceived his brother Esau out of his birthright, being the firstborn. He ended up leaving because Esau wanted to kill him. You know, because he said in his heart, when dad dies, I'm going to kill you, Jacob. So here he is after 20-some years going back to claim really his birthright and to go back to his homeland because he was sent off away from home. His mother, he never got to see her again because they conjured up the plan to lie and deceive Jacob. You know what? God can move the blessing from the firstborn to the secondborn if he wants to. So, you know, God knew all about this. He names this place. He wrestles with this man, okay, until daybreak. And he, he named the place Peniel, P-E-N-I-E-L. A lot of your versions, it's, it's listed there twice in two verses. It's spelled a little different, but it's the same word. And it means, you know, um, face to face. It means I have seen God face to face and his life is preserved. How many of you have seen God face to face? That's why you're still here. <laughs> you saw Jesus face to face, maybe, but not God in all of his, all of his glory. Was it Moses wanted to see God, and God said, hey, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. You can see my hind parts as I walk by, because if you see me, you will disintegrate, basically, because God is so holy. He's holy, holy, holy. He wrestled with God here. Now this brook is named, named uh, Jabuk, Jabuk, J-A-B-B-O-K, Jabuk. The root word there in Hebrew is gurgling and emptying. God's about to empty Jacob out. He's going to empty him. So he has no more place to go but to God. He's fearing for his life because Esau wants to kill him. He thinks. But we know, as we even saw this morning as praying for Bill, that God can change anything around. Now, it's appointed once for us to die. We're going to die, unless you're raptured out of here, which I'd prefer. But, you know, you're going to die. And if that date is, God knows that date is established, you aren't going to change it. You can fast, you can pray, you can do whatever you want. That date is established. And he knows when our days are over. You aren't going to change it. But he wants you to pray Anyway, let's pray as much as you can, fast as much as you can. So he's going to wrestle at the, uh, the, the ford of Jabuk. 
Now, the Jabuk is a tributary of the Jordan River. It's a tributary of the Jordan River. It's where Jabuk is a place where Jacob wrestled with the Lord. It's where he made his total surrender to the Lord. He made his total surrender. He got a new character at this point, along with a new name. He got a new character and a new name. He was born again. Even in Revelation chapter, chapter 2 and verse 17, it's told to us that we who, who um, carry on, we will receive a white stone with a new name written on it. You are going to be renamed. Now, I always went by the way, name Joe or Joey, my parents called me. But, you know, really, I think God's going to go back to my normal name, Joseph. Joseph. And some of you may be renamed totally and completely like Jacob. We'll go from Jacob to, to um, you know, Israel. Or you might be like Abraham, Abram and Sarah. Abraham now. Sarah. Sarah now. You know, renamed. It's the place where we cast down our last idol. It's the place, Jerbrook is the place where God's going to win the victory in your life. Verse 30, 22 says, And he rose up that night and passed over the fort of Jabuk. Again, Jabuk is a place of passing over. It's passing over to the other side, going from the carnal side to the spiritual side, going from the enemy's side to God's side. It's a place of passing over. It also stands for struggle, Jabuk. Every one of us, if you're a believer, you had a Jabuk somewhere in your life. It means to struggle, even to empty out or pour out. The ford of Jabuk, the tributary of the Jordan, empties out into the Jordan River. And, you, you know, Jacob's going to be emptied out. And I know I was emptied out 40, 44 years ago. The Lord emptied me out. And I struggled with him also for weeks or months even before, before I re received him. And I got my new name and my new character. It's everything to do with us today, this, this struggle. It has everything. It's the place where God's people discover the secret power of every besetting sin. Power over sin. It represents life. And death crisis. You're, you're dead to yourself now and you're alive to Christ. It's the place where you absolutely surrender to the Lord. Let me tell you, the majority of the Christian church today around the world is not totally surrendered to the Lord. You might not like what I just said, but it's true. Listen, with all the Christian churches in the world and the Christian nations, why isn't this world turned upside down yet? The disciples did it in their territory whenever they were preaching the gospel. It said they turned the whole world upside down. You know what? Why is not this world? Why is Islam moving faster than Christianity? We have not, a lot of people have not surrendered to the Lord. I have to surrender every day to the Lord. New things sometimes, sometimes old things. 
I don't want me. I want him. And you shouldn't want you. You should want him. Because when you come down to that place where you're checked into the hospital and the doctor gives you a bad diagnosis, you want to know him. You should. If you don't, you got a problem, a real big problem. You need to absolutely surrender. There can be no victory over self and sin until you go to Jabuk, or you're emptied out. Many of us need to refresh our spirit once again and come back to the place of surrender. Acts 3.19 says this, Repent, that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. Repent, that the time, a time of refreshing. The church needs refreshed today. Liz tried to call for it here this morning. Raise your hands. Dance in the aisles. Why not? I'm not a dancer, but my heart's dancing whenever I'm raising my hands. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to be dancing in heaven. You can all watch me whenever the Lord throws the devil into the lake of fire. And then death right after them. Death is gone. It's going to go back to the way it used to be. A lion's going to lay with the lamb. And the, the child's going to play by the cobra's den. I said, I can't wait till that day. I even prayed this morning and yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Come, Lord Jesus. Get us out of this mess. But God's looking for that last one who needs Jesus, who wants Jesus to come into his heart. We must face ourselves and be emptied out of all our evil desires, all of our selfish ambitions. And there's three crossings that's going to do that. Number one's the Red Sea. And the Red Sea, they came out, you know, and got a new start in life. It represents a new start. It, it symbolizes getting saved. The Jordan crossing represents entering into the promised land. You know, a lot of Christians today have never entered into the promised land. They put God in a shoebox, just like the Jews did back in their days. He can't do this. He can't do that. And if he does, they question it. We got to wake up. The whole church got to wake up. I got to wake up. If you've been born again, you have a new character. No more lies. No more running from God. No more being ashamed of his name. No more gluttony. No more lust. No more drugs. No more alcohol. To drunkenness, that is, I might add. No more foul mouth. Taking the Lord's name in vain, the F word to curse your friends. What kind of friend is that anyhow? And he get a new name. Jacob to Israel. Simon was renamed what? Peter. How about that? Joseph. Me, I mentioned it earlier. My name's Joe. I, I should go by my whole name, my real name. 
because I believe that's what it will be. The truth of true Christianity is God's people need to come out of Jesus and get into the promised land. They get stuck like Joshua, not completing the destruction. We get stuck, just like Joshua. You say, Joshua got stuck? He was the great general. Yes, he was. And he was told to take the promised land, lock, stock, and barrel. He didn't say, you know, take their, their uh, animals and sacrifice it to the Lord. God said, wipe them all out. And people say, well, that's a God. Who, who could serve a God like that? Listen, listen. Would you take somebody out and send him to jail that was going to lead your son or daughter down the wrong path? And that's what he was doing, protecting his flock from devils, from idol worshipers, from them sacrificing to idols, for them giving their children and throwing them into the fire. They got stuck. Joshua never completed the task. You know who, who conquered Jerusalem? King David. A lot of years later, King David conquered Jerusalem. It was called Salem then. Why? Because I love Joshua. He's my, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. But he didn't complete what he was supposed to do. And that's true of me, too, I believe. I'd like to complete everything if I wish I knew what it is. They got stuck, like Joshua, not completing the destruction of the sin in their life, the iniquities and the transgressions. They're stuck in the wilderness of unbelief, fear, and confusion. They leave the world, but never enter into the joy of the Lord which Nehemiah commands us, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. Let me read Deuteronomy 9, or 18, verse 9 through 13. But when you come into the land, there's Joshua's job, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn or follow the abominations of those nations, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. That's child sacrifice. Or one who practices witchcraft. Now, we got a lot of Christians even today that call themselves Christians looking at their horoscope, getting the direction for their life. That's an abomination to the Lord. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. You go to the Lord. You know what happened to Saul when he went to the witch of Endor, didn't you? It cost him the life of him and his sons. God isn't messing around, you know. It shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft or soothsaying, or one who interprets omens and sorcerers, or one who conjures up spells of a medium or a spiritualist, or one who calls up the dead, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You 
shall be blameless before the Lord your God. I would love to say I'm blameless, but I can't. I want to be, because my desire is to please my Savior. Once you cross the Red Sea, they were supposed, once they crossed the Red Sea, they were supposed to go right to the promised land, but they failed. They complained. They, they mumbled against God. They just saw ten mighty miracles in Egypt. They saw God part the Red Sea. And they got on the other side, and they're singing, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider were thrown into the sea, and next thing you know, they're complaining. Not enough food, there's not enough water, you know, all these different things. It's, we need to get into the promised land. Go directly to the promised land. Get out of the wilderness and get to the promised land. A lot of us Christians are stuck in the wilderness, just like the Jews were for 40-some years. We need to get out of, the, out of the wilderness and into the promised land. And how you get there by, is by total surrender. Total surrender, not partial surrender, total. That second crossing, we had the crossing of the Red Sea. There's a second crossing, and there's even a third crossing. But the second crossing is, an, is, is another one which is required. It's a commitment to go on with the Lord. Not just, oh, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like reading my Bible. Ah, that, that devotional's too long. I'm going to pick a shorter one. You know how I know these? Because I've done it. They, they don't even want to get water baptized. You can't follow Jesus Christ in water baptism. You expect to follow him in all the fullness of his glory. I don't know. I can't understand that. Water baptism. Repent and be baptized, the scriptures say. Yes, some, the thief wasn't baptized. That's right. He was baptized in the Holy Ghost right on that cross. That's what he was baptized in. Water baptism, we're talking. Obedience to the Lord. Some Christians won't even do that. Oh, my parents will get mad. They'll think I'm in some kind of cult. They'll come through with all these. All these things come from the pit of hell. They come through. They don't want to witness no, I don't, I don't need to witness. There's a whole bunch of other people doing that. No, we're all called. There's some that are called to evangelism. There's some that are called to just teaching and preaching. But all of us are called to evangelize. You might, it might be just your family, but you're called to evangelize. You know, many of us, you know, the, the other crossing is you need to desire to grow in Christ. If you're 20 years old and you're still going goo-goo-ga-ga in the Lord, then uh, you're, you know, the world would call you retarded, right, to put it so bluntly. But if you're 20 years old in the Lord, you should know your stuff by then. You should know. You should have a desire to grow in Christ, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your prayer life should, should go on. You should have a more of a prayer life than you ever did before. Instead of asking for yourself, you're asking for others. That's what we did here this morning. The promised land, when we get there, is, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit 
And that is not uh, big in the Christian church today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of Him. That's the crossing. When you get to the cross, the, the Jabrook, you need to commit yourself to the Lord. Absolute commitment, absolute surrender. You can go to my book about face in the back, turn to page 6 through 17, and that tell you all about absolute commitment, absolute surrender, absolute everything. It's when you enter the promised land, all those walls come tumbling down, straight down, crushed to the ground. They didn't fall in. They didn't fall out. They fell straight down all except Rahab's place so that they could march into that city and don't have to crawl over rocks and just march in and take Jericho. And that's what they did. Entering the promised land, the walls come down, all your walls, adultery, fornication, lying, stealing, cheating, sodomy, abortion. You're changed. You should change. You have a new nature now. You know that, that John the Baptist, when, when Mary came to Elizabeth and John the Baptist was in her, his mother's womb, John the Baptist jumped in the womb of his mother Elizabeth. Because the king is here. You go to Psalms and you find out that you're fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. You should turn from, hey, I don't care about this, this abortion that I don't really pay too much attention. No, it's done. You don't kill babies. That's, that's the spirit of Molech that God, I just read in Deuteronomy, you don't put your kids through the fire. Molech was a, a god made with a man's body, and I think it was a bull head, and, and his arms out like that, and they would heat, they would heat that metal up to his burning red hot and place their children on their hands. And that's abortion. Going, putting their children through the fire. They just shoot fire into them today and scatter that baby apart right in their mother's womb. It's sickening. And us Christians need to wake up. The United States needs to wake up because we are in big trouble. America thought they were the powerhouse of the world. You know what? God might have another heathen nation conquer us, just like he did Israel. And they thought, well, they're un more unrighteous than us. Yeah, well, God could use them as a consequence. Well, listen, is that all there is for the children of God? The promised land? I just get an inheritance? You get... You know, is, is that it, just being saved and baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit? That's not enough. But yes, you, you think that's not enough, but yet you get forgiven your sins, you get heaven, you get healing. I believe in, in, in divine healing. There's no doubt about it. I've seen many people healed over my lifetime. I was involved in people that, in prayer before they, they, they ended up dead. And then, and then I, I had prayed with them before they ended up dead. And then it's like, you know, they get to the hospital and they get revived. Two or three people. Two people that I know of for sure like that. Listen, God can raise the dead. How many of you know that? You better know that because Jesus has risen from the dead. 
Listen, you get deliverance, you get, you get crowns. You get crowned with loving kindness. You, you get God to satisfy your ears with good things. You get your youth renewed like an eagle, says, says Psalm 103. You know what? Listen, you got, there's a whole lot of benefits. That's what Psalm, Psalm 103 starts with. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who, who blesses me who remember all of his blessings. I don't know why I'm struggling with that. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the soul, his soul. I said, oh good, I got an audience. What is it? That's it. That's what I'm looking for. Forget not all his benefits. You know what? All the benefits are written in here. If you go online, and I've done it over the years, there's somewhere between, even uh, scholars can't believe, somewhere between three and 30,000 blessings in the Bible. Forget not all his benefit, benefits. Listen. The children of Israel entered the promised land. They got their inheritance, their materialistic inheritance, you know, which was land. And children. But they never did enter into the rest that God wanted for them. And that's why Jesus came along. And he said this, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Our rest is in Jesus. They never got to that place. They still had sin in their hearts. They held on to secret lusts of adulteries and, and um, lusts. And the key word there is secret. You know, the scriptures tell us for sure that our sin will find us out. It's going to come a day, just like David. Nathan had to go down there and give him a big story. And, you know, David says, he deserves death. And Nathan said, you're the man. David thought that was a big secret that he got Bathsheba pregnant and that he sent a note to the front lines for Joab to take her husband Uriah and put him in the front line so he'd get knocked off by the arrow, the archers, as they were attacking the city. He thought he had it all covered, but God saw it. And God called him to place because be sure your sins will find you out. Eventually we'll get caught. How about you? Do you have secret sins? I do. Why? Oh, you're the pastor? No. Come on. I'm human. I'm human. Look at all the pastors in the last 30 years that have fallen to the wayside because of secret sin. God has given you all these blessings. Let me read you a story. There was a man named William Rudolph Hurst. He was a multimillionaire, and he had a huge collection of beautiful paintings. He saw a picture of a painting that he just fell in love with, and he had to have it. He ordered his staff to find out who owned it and to purchase it at any cost. 
At the next staff meeting, William Hurst asked if how the search was going for that painting and if they purchased it. The lead staff person told them, yes, we did find the painting. The boss says, who owned it? They asked. He asked. You did. They said they found it with all the other paintings that he owned. We found it in your own warehouse because you purchased it years ago. Jesus purchased your salvation 2,000 years ago. And you say there's no healing in his blood? You say that there's no deliverance? You say there's no casting out of devils? Listen, you're mistaken. It's already been given to you. And I've used this illustration before. If I take my Bible and I give it to Max right here, he's got the Bible, not me anymore. But then he comes up to me and says, Hey, Pastor Joe, give me your Bible. So Max, you already got it. You already have your salvation. You already have your healing. You already have your deliverance. You already have the Holy Spirit in you if you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Quit saying you don't. Forget not all his benefits, who heals all your, your diseases, forgives all your sins. Listen, we have it already. The application for us today is Jesus already purchased it. In other words, you already possess it. Call it forth. Call it forth. Everything you need is in Christ. Healing is included in Jesus' purchase with his own blood. The Hebrew word that's used for salvation and healing and deliverance in the Old Testament is rapha. It's equivalent to the word sozo written in in the New Testament, which they both mean this, to mend, to cure, to heal, to make whole. To make whole. Psalm 103, such an important psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, and delivers your life from the pit, who crowns you with glory and honor, who sacrifice, satisfies your mouth with good things, and America should know that, so that you, your youth is renewed like an eagle. You just float upon the clouds like an eagle. I watch the buzzards and the hawks all the time in my backyard just floating around up in the air. Some of them, they're, they're higher than the airplanes coming out of the airport. And they're just a speck. Sometimes I think it's just a speck in my eye. They just soar up there. Wouldn't you love to do that? Well, you're called to that. You get a bird's eye view of the whole world. And it looks pretty good from up there. But once you get down into the nitty gritty, it's not so hot. Listen, 
we know the answer. Ephesians 2 8 says, By grace you're saved through faith. Saved, sozo. Acts, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, sozo. Rapha in, in the Old Testament, Hebrew. James 1 5 15, the Lord's prayer of faith, sozo, will save and heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. That word there is sozo and soteria, which is the same word. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, you will be saved, sozo. That includes deliverance, mending, healing, salvation, make whole. Multitudes of spirit-filled Christians today have never known the true rest of God. I've been included in that myself. My wife can tell you, I wake up in the middle of the night praying for our children. I don't know what happened. I can't rest as long as they're in unrest. Where my mind and is is disturbed with a troubled conscience over, over them. Where did I go wrong? What did I do? I should be in the joy of the Lord. I know that they're going to get saved. I know that they, were, they already did everything they should have did, but it didn't enter into here. It must have been here. But I know they're going to come around. It's just I would love to spend time with them. After church on Sunday, out to breakfast, out to lunch, who knows? My, dis my peace of sleep is disturbed by that. God said to Israel that they could not enter the promised land because of their unbelief. I struggle with that one because I think I believe. Hebrews 3.19, I just read you. So we see that they could not enter the promised land because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel that was preached to you as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not prosper, profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Here's what Israel did in the desert in the wilderness for those 40 years. Psalm 78, 41. And God, again and again, and they, I'm sorry, and let me read it again. They tempted God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power or the day He redeemed them from their foes. Again and again, they pro they. They re provoked the Lord their God by unbelief. So in other words, it is possible to be saved. It's possible to be spirit-filled. It's, totally, it's possible to be totally dedicated to the work of the Lord, but still be hooked into a secret sin. And therefore, that goes back to last week's lesson. 
which was on deliverance. Secret sin. You need to be delivered from it. Because I try to tell you, I don't care what Christian you are. You have a stronghold somewhere in you for, for the enemy keeps pulling up on you. And that stronghold needs to be taken out. And that's called deliverance. We have strongholds within us. If you struggle with telling little white lies, if you watch too much TV, if you eat too much food, if you lie, cheat, swear, you're involved with in a uh, in a sexual immorality, pornography, you name it. You know what? That's the devil has a stronghold on you, and you need delivered. That's all there is to it. So quit saying you don't. And if you don't like that, go back to the commandments that the sins of the forefathers pass on to the third to fourth generation. Listen, so we all have secret sins, and it's time to put Christ in the middle of that Bunker Hill machine gun nest that the devil has and throw the blood of Christ in there and blow him to smithereens. If you say you don't have any sin, then go claim your throne. Because that's what you're saying. But the guard of God speaks directly against that. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be red as scarlet, they shall be Red, uh, white like snow. And many more to back that up. The wages of your sin is death. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. None of us. You know what? I think I'll continue there next week. So it's possible for us to cast out devils in Jesus' name, heal the sick, perform miracles, discern, to do great works in the name of Jesus and still have be somewhere sin-hooked in our lives. And it's time to get rid of them. I've been working on that myself for many years now. And I will get victory. Because through Christ I can do all things. All right, next week we'll continue there. So uh, let's pray and go home. And um, can I bring your friend up? I forget her name. Ilana. We're going to bring Ilana up. We started this service with prayer. How about if we end it with prayer for the sick? Even for the youngest son, not your son, and I went home.
feathers. Let's see if my next order of order is for my friend Eve Jackson. I just put it on my mind. Mm. You tell him any party, I kill you. Mm. And I end it with you. And then Eve in my, my room tell my mother everything that was wrong with you. Father God, we have our sister here that has been used and abused from a little girl. She is confessing the stronghold, Lord, that has held her back, that has almost crippled her where she cannot even walk. But Lord, we know that now she is 81 years old. Lord. And the mind, the mind is a strong, strong tool. But the mind also can destroy the body and can destroy the soul. We know that Jesus created us in his image and he created our spirit, Lord God. And then with the spirit, he gave it a soul. And that soul consists of two parts, the mind and the emotions. And then put us in a vessel called the body to live on this earth to come together as family. God loves family. And we are one together, one family. And our new sister here now that I've never met before, I feel like I've known her my entire life. Because now is her day of victory. We claim it to be true in Jesus' name. We claim it to be true in the scriptures. We claim it to be true, Lord, in our hearts. And in our minds to cleanse us, refresh us. As the sun rises every morning, Lord, as we heard this morning in the scripture, in the music, in the worship, Lord, remind us each and every day to look to the light and walk from the dark. We know this to be true. In Jesus' name, our sister is healed with whatever ailment she has within her. And all is forgiven and forgotten. And we know this in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, now we claim it. We may be a small church, but we got the biggest heart that I've ever been in any church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I just want to play for a lot in agreement with everything that she has said. And uh, Brother Bill's prayer, Lord, we just lift her up to you. We know you are able to, to uh, you know, change dead bones into, into armies, Lord. And you know that you can, we know that you can do it. So, Father, all these things in Alana's life, Lord, and bring, bring back the joy of the Lord and restore her salvation, restore her, these people that have been coming against her all her life, Lord. We pray for them, Lord God, and we set Alana free from, from any, anything that might attack her through that. 
Lord, give her spirit. Let her enter into your joy. And let it be done in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen.
of the Lord to come upon you. It's, that's your strength, according to Nehemiah. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't worry about anybody but him. Everywhere I go. 